Welcome to the Chase Family Church Podcast. This week we have Rob speaking and he's encouraging us to care for our community and show the love of Jesus to those around us. Well, good. Good morning. You all hear me okay? Great. So you've been hearing some stories over the last few Sundays about our outreach initiatives. Who else feels a little bit terrified about the prospect of going out on doors? (laughs) That was me as well. So... um, But hopefully I'm going to encourage you this morning and uh, share some other stories because who was encouraged just hearing that two young people gave their lives to the Lord? Isn't that what we want to see? That's what it's all about, isn't it? And sometimes we've just got to overcome our fear of how God wants to use us to see his kingdom grow. So it's a pleasure to be with you all this morning. As uh, Sue said, my name's Rob. Uh, For those of you that don't know me, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm married to Charlotte. We have three children. I'm a self-supporting missionary who gives his time to a couple of charities, one called Christian Vision for Men. Anyone here heard of Christian Vision for Men, CVM? Anyone going to the gathering this year? No, not yet? Okay. We're still taking bookings. CVM, the gathering, is an amazing men's festival where we do lots of fun things like quad biking, axe throwing, wall climbing. We've got the longest mobile zip wire in Europe. We've got the stump bag. We've got wrestling and sword fighting workshops. Great weekend for us men to bring our mates. And ladies, your husbands and your brothers and your sons will love it. But throughout that weekend, they get to hear powerful testimony about men's lives who have been changed by the gospel. And we get to preach the gospel. And every year we have the pleasure of seeing men come forward giving their lives to Christ. It's amazing. Second one is Who Let the Dads Out? Again, anyone heard of Who Let the Dads Out? Yeah, another great initiative. Uh, part of care for the family. So we run a group at our church once a month. We invite dads and their preschoolers to come in. Um, we cook up all the bacon butties, provide the tea and the coffee. And then we're just in the room, just networking. And networking the dads together. Um, but it's also a fishing ground for us to inspire those faith conversations. Um, gets a chance, we get a chance to share our story. And um, finally, the third one is a coalition called No Place Left, which is made up of men and women all across the world. Some who are church leaders, some who are missionaries, but men and women who have the heart to share the gospel amongst their friends, amongst their family, in their neighbourhoods, in their workplaces. And we just share a common vision. We want to see God's kingdom advance. We share common tools, common language, in order to see the multiplication of disciples and of churches. And all those ministries seek to partner with the local church to do just that, to help members of the church become active in sharing their faith with those in their relational networks. But so often, when I'm talking to a group of folk like this and I say, who here's a natural evangelist? Who would put their hand up to that? Who here's a natural evangelist? Do you know what? Who? (laughs) I normally get one hand. Thank you very much. But when I ask who here's a more reluctant evangelist, you know, you want to, but there's that sense of fear. You're not really sure how to start a conversation, what to say. Maybe you've got that fear of rejection, or maybe we feel even a little bit of shame. And what do we do if we get asked questions and we don't know the answer? And actually, how do we finish it well? You know, who would really put their hand up to that? Who would be the more reluctant evangelist? Look around the room. Do you know, when I... When I normally ask that question, I I will get between 50% to two-thirds of the room put their their hands up to that. And uh, 
Well, you just think about that for a moment. That is a massive disconnect. A massive missed opportunity for us as a church. Seeing folk who want to reach out, but they don't feel equipped or confident to do so. And you know, many years ago, that was me. When I took on the, uh, the role for London for CVM, which is an evangelistic movement, um, if you said to me then, Rob, uh, I've heard this phrase, uh, leading someone to Jesus. Uh, can you show me, please, how you do that? Or I've heard this phrase of unpacking the gospel. You know, how do you do that? I would have been the same. I would have stumbled. I would have been thinking, uh, actually, how do I do that? And I'm part of an evangelistic movement. You know, something's got to change. And I felt the Lord really laying it on my heart. You know, this is something that I'm not only struggling with, but I'm seeing others struggling with it. So I went looking for a model of discipleship that would help facilitate this in a relaxed and relational manner. And um, the model I've found I've been using since 2015, and that's some of what we've been training here at Chase Family Church on Monday mornings to do outreach in the local community. Excuse me, and just to say, like Sue said, going out on the doors in the local neighbourhood is just one entry point to sharing the gospel. It's not the only entry point. We want to be thinking, what do we have that we can use when we're talking to our friends, our neighbours, our work colleagues, uh, people in our sports clubs? Um, wherever God may present an opportunity, do we feel confident that wherever we are in that conversation, we have something where we can share our story and share the gospel. So my aim this morning is to just encourage you in this. In uh, Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, it says this, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So as disciples of Christ, we've been commanded to go and make disciples. And do you know what? Now is a really great time to do that. I would say any time is a great time to do that. But now is a really good time to do that. Why? Well, the whole world has been through a difficult period over the last two years. You've probably seen that in your own lives in the lives of those around you? Who would have thought COVID would have hit the world? And then who would have thought there would have been a war in the Ukraine straight after? Yeah, look how it is affecting everyone across the world. And many have seen their lives change in a way they never expected. All the things that they put their faith in, they've seen collapse around them. And people have been asking those bigger questions about God, about life, about the meaning of life, about purpose, you know, why are we here? And we are in a period of tremendous opportunity to be hope bearers to those we know and meet by being workers in the harvest and sharing the good news of Jesus. Now, the worship was great this morning. Thank you. You know, isn't it great to be in the presence of God? And don't we want that for others? So I'm going to uh, share some things with you this morning. And initially, I want to encourage you in two ways. Firstly, with some interesting information from two recent surveys. One that the Bible Society did last year. 
and the other just recently done by Talking Jesus 2022, which was released last week. And secondly, just one of the gospel sharing tools that we're using on a Monday here at Chase Family Church that we train members in to confidently go and share the gospel. So just to kick off, the first survey. At the start of last year, the Bible Society completed some research uh, called Fear and Lament in Our Society, and they surveyed over 3,000 adults. And several questions were asked. One of them being was this. Thinking about life over the next two years, so we're a year in now, just over a year in, to what extent do you think each of the following will get better, get worse, or stay about the same for people compared to before the pandemic? And these were the things that were mentioned. So, thinking about life over the next two years, to what extent do you think each of the following will get better, get worse, or stay about the same for people compared to, uh, compared to before the pandemic? Poverty. So just think in your mind. Do you think it's better or worse? The economy. Job opportunities. Mental health, generally. Economic inequality. Divisions in society. Education, physical health, the environment, work-life balance, and community spirit. So just as you hear those in your mind, what do you think it may be better, maybe worse? Well, for all of them, in fact, every one of them, apart from one, people thought was going to get worse. The only one they thought was going to get better was community spirit. Community spirit was the one that people were thinking um, would get better. Additionally, new research was released last week, carried out by Alpha, the Evangelical Alliance with Hope Together as part of this Talking Jesus 2022, which found widespread belief in Jesus and the resurrection and an openness to conversations about the Christian faith. That's really good news, isn't it? Part of the research, oh, it was, um, there were 3,115 UK adults surveyed. Nearly half described themselves as Christian. This was highest in the 65-plus age bracket, falling to 29% among 18- to 24-year-olds. But part of the research reads as follows. It says, three-quarters agreed that it was every Christian's responsibility to talk to non-Christians about Jesus. And most, 81%, said their church was offering courses, events, and services that would be suitable for a non-Christian to attain. And I know you're running Alpha here. That was just saying about the Alpha course, which is a great course. The findings revealed opportunities for further engagement with nearly half of non-Christians saying that the Christian they knew had never had a conversation with them about their faith. So again, just think about that for a moment. The findings revealed opportunities for further engagement with nearly half of non-Christians saying that the Christian they knew had never had a conversation with them about their faith. And I can remember when I was looking for, for a model to train, um, by chance I came across the, I think he was the director or the CEO of the Miami Evangelistic Association that was visiting from the States. And I was actually meeting with a church pastor in a brewer's fair over breakfast. And he was hearing our conversation, and he came over and said, oh, sorry, I hope you don't mind me introducing myself. I heard you mention the name of Jesus. So this is who I am, and this is what I'm doing. He says, 
Did you know our, our research shows that 95% of Christians have never led someone to Jesus in their lifetime? At that time, I was thinking, God, that's me. I thought, how, how, you know, do I want that to be next year and the year after and the year after that? And I was thinking every time it comes around that, you know, some guy up front is talking about evangelism and the need to reach our, our friends and families. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, I still haven't done it. I still feel uncomfortable about it. I thought, no, I don't want that. Going back to the survey, it said this was despite 75% of those who did have a faith conversation with a Christian saying they were comfortable with it. So if you want to start talking to your friends and family about being a Christian, guess what? 75% of them are comfortable with it. The study also revealed the impact of these conversations with 35% of non-Christians saying they felt more positive towards Jesus afterwards, while a third wanted to know more about Jesus, and a third were open to an experience or an encounter with Jesus. So when you read this, it all sounds in our favour, doesn't it? Yeah, church, you're hearing this. Asked about what they remembered in the conversation, a third said it was being asked what they believe, while a similar proportion said... The Christian had shared a personal story about their faith. Now, that's one of the things that we train in, isn't it? How do we share our story? Because testimony, and like the stories you've heard this morning, are really, really powerful. They impact people's lives. Commenting on this research, Dr. Jordan Wolfe says, It has significant things to say about the church's investment in our younger generations. Gives us a real hope for the future of the church an encouragement that now is the moment for evangelism and mission. It reaffirms that post-pandemic, there's never been a better time or more need for us as Christians to invest in making Jesus known. It goes to reaffirm that our non-Christian friends think well of us and like us, that there is an ever greater openness to hear our stories of faith. Who's encouraged by that? Yeah. Does it inspire you? Do you feel like, oh, actually, I want to have a go at this? Does it? I've still got that fear coming in, saying, oh, yeah, but how am I going to start the conversation? And what happens if they ask me questions that I can't answer? Well, I did. I wanted to share that to encourage you. And just for us to ask ourselves, you know, are we intentionally reaching out? And how are we reaching out? You know, the data shows that in society there's an openness and there's a desire to see more community spirit. And secondly, there's an openness and comfort to talk about spiritual matters. Now, how often are we challenged on spiritual things? I say sometimes we can focus on our body, improving our health, our mind, you know, learning things, but how often are we challenged on spiritual matters? And when this is happening, it encourages people who are far from God to be more positive towards Jesus, wanting to know more and even wanting an encounter with him. Just think for a moment, if you're here today and you know Jesus, how did you come to know him? What was it for you? So what do we take away from these findings? Well, as I've already said, I think we have a significant opportunity to reach our neighbours, our friends, our family with the gospel and make Christ known. And the evidence shows that people are open to these conversations and knowing more. And we've seen evidence of this as a team when we go out. 
even though we go out with fear and lots of prayer. And I do this with other churches that are going out. They've formed teams and they go out into their local community. Um, we see people are open to conversation. So we're looking to commit to two things. The first one is to go out into our communities, home to home, offering care by prayer and sharing the gospel. And we've come to know this as loving on our neighbours. What did Jesus say? He says, love your God with all your heart, with all your... and all your... And the second thing is, love your neighbour. Yeah, love your neighbour as yourself. And one of the best ways we can love our neighbour? Share the good news of Jesus with them. And then secondly, making a weekly commitment to pray for people who we know in our social circles and our relational world. People within our families, our friends, our work colleagues. People who are far from God. Asking the Holy Spirit for opportunities to initiate those spiritual conversations. To offer prayer. And to share the gospel. And then when those opportunities are presented by him, to step out boldly. To grab them. And you know what? We've seen that when we step out, even when we're thinking, what's going to happen next? God steps in. And he does something amazing. You know, and the great thing is we don't have to get it right. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, sometimes we've been there and I've been thinking, I hear someone talking, I'm thinking, Lord, what do I say next? But you know what? It just happens. And we hear that the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. And we just want to be going out looking for the harvest which is ripe. Yeah, we can't force it to become ripe. Maybe we get an opportunity just to turn it slightly more towards the sun. Yeah, but it's God. You know, salvation belongs to the Lord. We're just doing our bit, which is to obediently go. So this morning I just wanted to share with you again just one way that we can do that. And maybe how you can do it as well. How every believer in the church can be used to witness Christ in the everyday. And we would call this, this is just a simple tool. A simple gospel sharing tool that we call the three circles. Uh, who's seen this before? Great, so for you it's a reminder. If you haven't seen it before, hopefully again it will inspire you to think this is something that I could use in order to communicate the gospel to someone. And we would normally come into this by saying, hey, can I share with you how I came near to God? Can I share with you how I came near to God? And if someone says yes to that, this is what we'll do. We live in a broken world. You only need to turn on the TV, open up the newspapers, and it's not long before you realise it's not just our world that's broken, but our country is broken, um, our communities are broken, we may even recognise brokenness in our own lives and in the lives of those around us. But you know, when God made the world, he made it good. And he made it so we should be living in relationship with him, in relationship with one another and with creation. But it's only down to one thing that we find ourselves living in a broken world. And that one thing is something that the Bible calls sin. And sin is not necessarily all the bad things that we, we can do. It's just having an attitude of going our own way. 
And the more we find ourselves in a broken world, the more we tend to pursue things of the world to escape that brokenness. And some of those things could be the pursuit of money, or success, or power, or material gain. For some, it could be falling into addiction, alcohol-related, drug-related, even becoming addicted to our sport, our hobbies, or our work. For some, it could be um, a string of broken relationships, going from one relationship onto another or onto another, you know, trying to find Mr. Right, Mrs. Right, all to fill that hole, that emptiness that we have. For some, it could be turning to religion to get our answers. And then for others, it could be holding a belief which says, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm a good person. I try and lead a good life. I've never, I've never killed anyone. Just want to treat people the way that I want to be treated, so I'm okay, thanks. But sooner or later, just like being on the end of a bungee cord, which is what these wiggly lines are meant to represent, these things over here only give temporary relief. It's not long before we find ourselves brought back into brokenness. And maybe you recognize that, even if, you know, when we, we're all encouraged to upgrade our phones, aren't we, to the latest model. But six months later, how do we feel about it? Or, you know, when we get a new car, anything new. You know, after a while, you know, that, uh, the effect just wears off. But, you know, God loves each one of us here so much that he's given us a way out of this destructive pattern. And that way out is through his son, Jesus. Jesus, God's son, came down from heaven, lived a good life, a sinless life, and he started to speak into matters of a broken world, which people didn't like hearing. And what did they do? They got hold of him, they put him on a cross, and they put him to death. But what happened three days later? He rose again. And do you know what Jesus did for us in that moment? He took all our sin, all our past sin, our current sin, our future sin, and he paid the penalty for that sin when he was on the cross. And in doing so, he overcame the power that sin can have in our lives. And he also defeated death. So for all those who turn and believe on Jesus and make him the king of their lives, they can pursue and recover God's plan for their life. And we tend to find that everyone in the world is in one of two places. They're either over here living in brokenness or they're already over here living out God's plan for their life. And then we just say to the person, you know, when you look at that there, where would you say you are? I don't know, you could look at that today. Say, where would you say you are? And then where would you like to be? And then the final question is, is there anything stopping you today from turning and believing on Jesus, making him the king of your life so you can pursue and recover God's plan for your life? And we'll normally get three answers to that. 
Yes, no, or maybe. And then what do we do? Now, what happens if you show this and someone says yes? Or what do you do if they say no? Or if they say, you know, I get this, and I get this, but actually I've got questions about this. And that's what we're doing. We're inspiring these conversations. And all the time we're looking to invite people into relationship. So just, uh, I just want to share one story with you from another church that I've been working with. We did this with a, with a lady on the door, showed the three circles, said, where would you say you are? She said, I'm sort of halfway here. Where would you like to be? Ah, oh, I want to be over here. Well, here's the question. Is there anything stopping you today from turning and believing on Jesus, making him the king of your life, so you can pursue and recover God's plan for your life? And she had questions. So we said, hey, it's been so good speaking with you today. Would it be okay if we come back next week and share some more? And she said, yes. So the following week, we went back and we started to, to disciple her. This was before she's even made a, con- a commitment to the Lord. And if you're asking, well, what does that discipleship look like? Then you've got to come along to the training. So it's really simple, but it's really effective. And it will empower every one of you. Following we went, we went back, she said, oh, I've got to tell you this. So I've been doing this course. And... Um, this studying, and I needed some post-it notes. And I thought, oh, no, I need some post-it notes. I don't have any post-it notes. So, but this voice inside my head said, go and look in that drawer over there. And she said, oh, I don't know why I was thinking about going to look in that drawer, because she said, I know there are no post-it notes in there. But I went over anyway, and I opened it. And guess what? There were post-it notes in there. And she said this line I'll never forget. She said, do you know what? Miracles don't need to be big. They just need to be fitting. Amen. Yeah. That was like within the first week. And one thing that I want you all to get hold of is when God's at work in someone's life, we get to see it. We get to be blessed by it. We get to be encouraged. Because now all of a sudden, I think, I want to see that again. So we get to five weeks in. And she's saying she's having pushback from friends, saying, I, particularly one friend said, oh, I don't, you know, you're going to Bible class, you're becoming a Bible basher. And, you know, why are you doing it? And she said, I didn't know what to say because I'm not a real Christian. So we said, well, let's just share something with you that maybe it will help answer that question for that person. And you may remember, we showed this to you first time that we met you. Did this again. Asked, where would you say you are? This time around, she said, I'm here. Said, where would you like to be? Said, well, I want to be over here. Well, here's the question. Is there anything stopping you today from turning and believing on Jesus, making him the king of your life, so you can pursue and recover God's plan for your life? And she looked at it and said, no. Great. Well, you know what? We can kick that off here and now just by saying a simple prayer. This is the prayer. Really, what we've just done here. And do you know what, church? This needs to be simple because we're looking to be disciples who go and make disciples. So the very people that we lead to the Lord, we want to be equipping them to show them exactly the same thing. How do I go and win my friends and my family to the Lord? You know, and if we do this, we start seeing disciples multiplied. We start seeing a movement of God. So that's one story. I'm going to ask Deb to come up and just share another story from what happened, I think it was a week ago, two weeks ago, just coming along down this road.
<clears throat> if you want to go um, on the street, I suggest you take Rob. He's absolutely mm. amazing. Um, yeah, uh, we don't have any sort of... Um, we haven't kind of got a decision yet, but a couple of weeks ago, uh, myself and Rob and Pete and Rose went out on this street. And bearing in mind that people have prayed on this street, and particularly Martin has got to know the neighbours here, which I think is very, very key, that, that the prayer um, work is done beforehand. But anyway, myself and Rob, we went this side of the street, and Pete and Rose went up there. And they were ages, weren't you, talking to various people. And um, we managed to have at least three conversations. And one lady, um, she wasn't actually <laughs> dressed, and uh, <laughs> which was, you know. Anyway, so, so we had a chat with her, and we got talking, and she was interested, in, and we arranged to go tomorrow um, to have a cup of tea and, and cakes and stuff. And I was really excited about it. Unfortunately, she said no this time, but we're going to keep working on her because I think, as Rob said, it's like you don't take no for an answer. And Rob doesn't. We're, I mean, the rest of us are kind of, you're not interested, right, okay, and we're on to the next person. Whereas he's sort of put in the door and, yeah, but, you know. And you just keep asking questions, and I, I just found that really amazing. But but there's another guy that we had quite a long conversation with and he got very hurt in church and got hurt by things that happened. But there's an open door there. And I think sometimes we anticipate the closed door, the door shut in our faces. And I've got to be honest, I was quite amazed how many people were prepared to have conversations. And I think we're, we're very much into results all the time, like now. But I think it's a slow burn thing and we have to be prepared to just take our time with people and let them go at their pace because if they're minus 20, they're not going to suddenly be plus 10 overnight. And, you know, as, as, as um, Rob's already explained, it takes time. So I do think, um, just to say, a key thing is prayer, which is why we're praying for Alpha on Tuesday, but praying, prayer walking. And uh, I encourage you, because we're all terrified. <laughs> so, you know. But uh, anyway, thank Great. you. Thanks, Deb. Thanks. Great, Deb. And just just say, what, what Deb sees in me and how I do this has just been a work from the Lord. Because I was just the same. I used to be shaking before I went out. Um, but as we go, the Lord does a work within us. And he just amazes us. So you, you've heard just a couple of examples of what it's like when we go out on the door. But what about in our relational world? You know, who are the people that we know? So the postman has been, my postman has been one person I've had on my relational map that I've been praying for. And it was last summer when I first had the chance to connect with him through the window of my car or on the estate. And I can't remember what it was that inspired inspired the conversation but I got to share with him that I was a Christian and he had to move on I said hey next time we meet I've got to share my story with you is that going to be okay he said yeah well it's gone all the way from I think what was it last August round to two months ago and I've been thinking Lord when am I going to get the opportunity to share with him and even with the team you know when I've been with the team I've been talking about my postman and reaching out to my postman where well, it finally happened and um, two months ago 
uh, I was looking for that opportunity, but he never stops. Lovely guy, talking and moves on. But the, door, the Lord opened the door for me just to say, hey, remember that conversation we had last year? I said, next time we meet, can you give me those two minutes to share my story with you? He said, yes, Rob, yes, yeah, absolutely. And I think another, another six weeks went by. And then one Saturday morning, three weeks ago, there was a knock on the door, early, earlier than normal. And uh, when I go down and answer it, it's him. Ultimately, he hands me this, this uh, handful of posts, and the only words he says to me are, Rob, have you got those two minutes now to share your story with me? And you know what, church? I'd had my pad up on the shelf, my pen, my Bible. I'd used them. They weren't there. didn't have a pen. Found one. It didn't work. I said, I said come in, come in. He said, are you sure? Yeah, you're coming. So I found an old envelope. I found a pen. And I did this on the back of it. Because I said to him, he's been complaining about his back. So I said, I'll be praying for you. I'll be, I'll be praying for you. And um, I did actually say to him, no, I feel I've done you a bit of a bit of a, dis- a disservice because I haven't done the whole job. I've been praying for your back. But I said, I wanted to share with you how I came near to God and how maybe you can get come near to God as well. Would that be okay? He said, yes. So I said, did this. And uh, what was so lovely was he wasn't trying to second guess all the things that I was saying. And when I got to saying, we find everyone in the world tend to be in one or two places. They're either overhearing brokenness or overhearing God's plan for their life. Where would you say you are? He just says, here, here, Rob, here, 100%. 100% I'm over there. I said, where would you like to be? He said, I guess I want to be over here. I said, well, here's the question. Is there anything stopping you today from turning and believing on Jesus, making him the king of your life, so you can pursue and recover God's plan for your life? He just went, no, no, he said, no, there's nothing stopping me. And he's looking at it, and then he said, well, Robbie said, I do do a few crazy things. And then he had to go, because two minutes had come into ten minutes. So I did have a little evangelistic track with me, and I said, look, as you go, I said, read this, because you'll recognise one of the guys in there. He's into his sport. And I said, next time we meet, maybe we can have a conversation. You know, and just to say, this isn't a magic method. Yeah, this is just a tool, and it is only one way. And I just want to encourage everyone, do we have one way that we can unpack the gospel? And it doesn't always go to plan. You know, I can remember knocking on one, one door uh, at another church where we did some outreach, and this uh, old gentleman answered, and I said, oh, hi, I'm Rob, and this is John. We're out caring for our community today. We're out praying for people. And we just wondered, can we pray for you? He looks at us and he says, no. He says, I don't believe in God. And he says, and when I get up there, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. (laughs) Yeah, now, it's great, isn't it? But then he says, if there's a God, why did my wife have to die of cancer? You know, people are hurting. He's hurting. He's got some really deep questions that he wants answers to. And then he he mentions something else, and I said, you know, they're really great questions. Would it be okay to show you something which may help answer those questions? We did this. We live in a broken world. So often when we say that, people definitely agree with it. Yeah, and then we can show them how can we come out of this broken world. We ended up with him. Um, he, he was a lot more open. He said, you definitely give me food for thought. And he was, uh, he was happy for us to come back and share more. I'm just conscious of time. So... Um,
Let's, let's just move on. I've, personally, I've found that when I embrace the fear and the awkwardness and step out in faith, God steps in. Again, I want to encourage you with that because it's just so exciting. We did this training with another church that we're raising up in uh, North London, and there's a, a guy on team there who actually gave uh, some pushback on doing this work, but eventually came forward and started coming out with this. And we were doing a debrief one, uh, one Friday after going out in the harvest, and I said, what are you noticing? You know, what are your insights? What are you picking up? And he said, Rob, I've got to be honest, I never thought this was going to work. And he said, I was actually against it. He says, but now I've been doing it, I don't want to stop. He says, it's like, um, I want to carry on. I want to do more. And I think the reason being is we start connecting with people, we start building relationships. We're stepping out and we're seeing that God's been preparing the way before we get there. And actually, it wasn't as bad as what he thought it was going to be. And they're now pressing ahead, connecting with their local communities, praying for people, sharing the gospel. And you know, when we get to see the Holy Spirit at work going on before us, we get to share in that blessing. We get to have these glory stories, you know, which deepen our faith and our walk with Christ, as well as being able to encourage others. You know, I'm just the same as you. You know, six, seven years ago, I didn't know this stuff. And I just wanted simple ways to be able to share the gospel. So not only is he doing a work through us, but he's doing a work within us. And we as individuals grow through this process just by being obedient to go, doing what Jesus commanded us to do. And when you hear that word evangelism and you think, oh, actually, I don't quite like that word. Let's reframe it to being workers in the harvest. But if you're someone that says, well, I'm actually I'm more of a prayer, you've got to come out with us because you get some amazing opportunities to pray for people. If you say, well, actually, I've, I'm more inclined to want to teach, then you've got to come out with us because you get amazing opportunities to start sharing God's word and teaching others about it. If you're someone who says, actually, I'm more pastoral, you've got to come out with us <laughs> because you get amazing opportunities to come alongside people who are hurting, who are confused, and who needs healing. You know, and all those giftings, God grows in us, whether we have more of a leaning to one than the others. So in closing today, I just want to leave you with three points. If we want to see our number grow as church and see new disciples, we need to be bold. We need to be intentional in how we engage others with the good news of Jesus. Could you make some time to go loving on your neighbours? Could you make time to come and join us? Not necessarily on a Monday. We're looking at doing it on different days. By offering care by prayer. And see God open doors for you to share the gospel and make disciples. Even more so, can we make it a lifestyle? That every day, wherever we are, we are praying for opportunities for God to use us. To bring good news into the lives of those who we connect with. You know, just... Just this last week, I bought a, um, a basketball hoop off of eBay, uh, actually from a guy who's not far from my home church. And it, it didn't break down, and I had to do a couple of visits to get it home in the car. But that allowed a good opportunity to talk to this guy, share my story with him. And I've invited him for coffee. 
at the church. And guess what? When I'm there, I'm going to say, I told you my story. Can I share with you how I came near to God? You know, why would I not? And secondly, the evidence shows that now is a great time to be having gospel conversations as people are open to talking and even expect us as Christians to do it. We may get some pushback, as I've said, but the worst is, really, we either get people say, no, thank you, or they just demonstrate a position of indifference. But they are the minority. Most people are open to engaging conversation. And then finally, it's the final command given by Jesus in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, where he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. So we're not alone in this. He's with us. And it's an adventure. Really, it is. It's an adventure. To go on mission with God to reach the lost. Let's pray. Firstly, I just want to pray that if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, through what I've done there on the board, you've heard the good news. And maybe you're sitting there now thinking, you know what, I, I see myself in brokenness. And maybe you just want to say that prayer. Yeah, so I'm just going to pray. And if you want to say that prayer in your heart, then just say it in your mind. Father God, just thank you so much for your son Jesus, who came to earth, who was put on a cross and paid the ultimate sacrifice for me and my sin so I can be forgiven and come back into a right relationship with you. As I sit here now, I just want to give you my life. I want to accept you, Jesus, to be the Lord and Saviour so I can pursue and recover the plan and purpose that you have for my life. And if you've just prayed that, then just come and see me afterwards. But Father God, we, we thank you for your son Jesus who obediently went to the cross to pay the price for our sins so we can be forgiven and brought into right relationship with you. As Christians, please give us the boldness and the courage to share the good news with others, with our own relational networks, our friends, our families and our neighbours, here at home and at Chase Family Church. And by doing so, Lord, you will add to our number, seeing your church grow and your kingdom advance in Enfield. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rob.